For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Exodus. This is part five of the series. In Isaiah in chapter 66 verse 8, that the nation of Zion is born in one day. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, the travail of Zion is an allusion to the tribulation period. So this birth of the nation of Zion happens during the tribulation tribulation period. I believe this is going to be the state that will be born as a rebellion in the land of Israel against the current state of Israel endorsing a PLO state. The Jews who will rebel against this PLO state and declare their own sovereign nation is the state of Zion that is being birthed during the tribulation period. Now there's a principle from Exodus that when the God of Israel judged Egypt, then he brought his people out. Following the ten plagues, he brought his people out. That is a foreshadowing that in the end of days that he's got to redeem Zion when the God of Israel is judging the nations. So in Isaiah 66 verse 14 it says, And when you see this, that is the birth of the nation of Zion, your heart shall rejoice. Why? Because it's the time of redemption. And your bones shall flourish like a herb. And the hand of the Lord will be known to his servants. That's those who embrace the Torah and the covenant made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And indignation toward his enemies. That's the judgment of the nations. Zion means a sign. Isaiah 66 verse 8 says, For as soon as Zion travailed, the word Zion this is Strong's number 6726 and it will tell you here that the word Zion is the same as the Strong's number 6725. The Strong's number 6725 is pronounced Zion. Zion means a sign or a signpost or a monument or a marker. The only difference between Zion and Zion are the vowels. It contains the same Hebrew letters. So both words, Zion and Zion, contain the Zadi, the Yoh, 
Yod, the Vav, and the final Nun. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 15 and 17, and verses 20 and 21, we are told that the sign for Ephraim to return back to the land of Israel is the birth of the state of Zion. For thus says the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, Rachel, reaping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. And there is hope in your end, says the Lord, that your children shall come again to their own border. Is Ephraim my dear son? And then in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 21 regarding the children of Rachel who was identified specifically as Ephraim here returning back to her own border. It says set up, the King James says waymarks. It's the Hebrew word zion. And because there's no vowels in the original Hebrew text, this word can be pronounced Zion. Set up Zion. So when does Ephraim return back to the land of Israel? With the creation of the state of Zion during the tribulation period at the time of Passover. The state of Zion is born during the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 it is written. And there appeared a great sign in heaven. So how do you say sign in Hebrew? Zion. There appeared a great Zion in heaven. Why is that a sign? Because it's a sign of the end of the exile of Jacob. That a woman was clothed with the sun. I believe the sun here is a reference to Roman Christianity, which has historically associated itself with sun worship. In the moon, the moon is a symbol for Islam, under her feet. In other words, with the birth of the state of Zion, we have the ingathering of the exiles of Israel, and with the conclusion of the ingathering of the exiles of Israel, we have Messiah setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives and ruling and reigning during the Messianic era, and at that point in time, there is no longer Roman Christianity, and there is no more Islam. We have Yeshua ruling over his people, that is the house of Jacob, and all those who have been grafted into this redemption, and Yeshua is teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem, and he's setting up a government, and he has kings and priests who will rule with him, making disciples of all nations. And Revelation chapter 12, verse 2, she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. In Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, a principle of exile and redemption is that Pharaoh does not know Yahweh. Not knowing Yahweh is a principle of exile. Knowing Yahweh is a principle of redemption. So Pharaoh does not know Yahweh. Exodus chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Redemption is knowing Yahweh. Exodus chapter 7, verse 5, verse 17, and Exodus chapter 8, verse 22, the God of Israel says that when I am through judging Egypt... 
Pharaoh in Egypt will know that I am Yahweh. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Thus says the Lord, In this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end that they may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. This is foreshadowing that in the end of days, when the God of Israel judges the nations and redeems his people, that the world will know who the God of Israel is. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 4 and verse 18, it is written, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he will follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. In Isaiah chapter 37, verses 18 through 20, it is written, Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations in their countries, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand. Look, save us from his hand. Why? That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, even you only. So when he redeems his people, the world knows that he is Yahweh. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 25 and 26. But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contends with you, and I will save your children. When he redeems his people, he fights the enemies of his people. This is a principle of redemption. And I will feed them that oppress you with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And look, when he's judging the enemies of his people, and all flesh shall know that I am the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 14 through 16, we can see this principle as well. The sons also of them that afflicted you shall come bending unto you, and all that despised you shall bow themselves down at the soles of your feet, and they shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through you, I will make you an eternal excellency of a joy of many generations. You shall also suck the milk of the Gentiles, and shall suck the breast of kings, and you will know that I am the Lord, am your Savior, and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. With the battle of Gog and Magog, and with the defeat of Gog and Magog, once this happens, it says, and they will know that I am Yahweh. Ezekiel 38, verse 18, and verses 22 and 23. It will come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God. 
God that my fury shall come up in my face and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones fire and brimstone and I will magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they will know that I am the Lord when he judges Gog and Magog for coming against his people the God of Israel is going to be known among the nations and they will know that he is Yahweh just like in Egypt Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 1 verses 6 and 7 it is written therefore thou son of man prophesy against Gog and say thus says the Lord God behold I am against you O Gog the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal and I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles and they will know that I am the Lord so will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore and the heathen will know that I am the Lord the Holy One of Israel Notice when he redeems his people, the heathen knows that he's Yahweh, but also his people know that he is Yahweh. You mean his people doesn't know who Yahweh is? No, his people corporately does not recognize that Yeshua is Yahweh. And so who's speaking here is Yeshua. They will know that I am Yahweh when I redeem my people. Ezekiel chapter 39 verses 21 and 22 and 25 and 28 it is written. And I will say my glory among the heathen and all the heathen shall see my judgment. So it's talking about the heathen seeing his judgment. Just like in Egypt, all of Egypt and Pharaoh saw the judgment of the God of Israel that I have executed in my hand that I've laid upon them. So the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord, their God from that day forward. Notice when he's judging the heathen, this is the time of Gog and Magog, the house of Israel are going to know that he is the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. Notice the judgment of Gog and Magog is associated with bringing again the captivity of Jacob. And have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. Then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them under their own land and have left none of them any more there. This is a foreshadowing that the redemption that we just read about is a work of Yeshua the Messiah through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit and this is what Yeshua is praying in John 17 verse 21 and 23. He says that they all may be one. What's he praying for that they may be one? He's praying for the ingathering of the exiles. He's praying for the reunification of Ephraim and Judah. So I want you to notice what's he's associating the end gathering of the exiles with. As you Father are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Notice when his people are one that is the reunification of both houses of Israel. That is when the world is going to know that Yeshua is the Messiah because this was foreshadowed with the judgments that came upon Egypt and through those judgments 
judgments that Egypt and Pharaoh knew Yahweh. I in them and you and me that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So redemption is knowing Yahweh and what comes with redemption is all the nations knowing Yahweh and his people knowing Yahweh. And this was foreshadowed back with the historical Egyptian exodus. Pharaoh's heart became hardened and the reason why his heart was hardened so that Yahweh's name could be sanctified. In the commentary of the Torah written by Moses Nachmanides or the Ramban to Exodus on page 79 he writes, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and Pharaoh hardened his heart as it says in Exodus chapter 8 verse 28 Exodus chapter 9 verse 7 thus Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel go for the glory of God then God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 30 so that his name may be declared throughout all the earth similarly in meaning is the verse from Ezekiel and chapter 38 verse 23 thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will make myself known in the eyes of many nations and they will know that I am the Lord. Redemption is associated with the sanctification of Yahweh's name. Exile is associated with the desecration of his name. In the book Living with Mashiach by Rabbi Emmanuel Shohet on page 91 making a commentary to Leviticus chapter 22 verse 32 which says do not desecrate my holy name but I shall be sanctified among the children of Israel. This verse refers to the prohibition of the desecration of God's name and the commandment to sanctify his name. There is nothing worse than the desecration of God's name. The prophet Ezekiel refers to the fact that exile is a desecration of God's name. Ezekiel 36 verse 20 says, When they entered the nations in which they came, they desecrated my holy name. When it was said of them, These are God's people, yet they had to leave his land. In turn, the redemption is a sanctification of God's name. As it says in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 23, I will sanctify my great name, which was desecrated among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nations will know that I am God when I will be sanctified in you before their eyes. In the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner on page 238, he writes, The redemption itself is but an act of mercy which the Lord will do for his people for the purpose of sanctifying his name. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 18, 22, and 23, we can see that through the judgment that comes upon Gog and Magog, that the name of the God of Israel becomes sanctified in the earth. It will come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face, and I will plead against him with 
pestilence, with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they will know that I am the Lord. Notice he's going to magnify himself and sanctify himself. Now we're going to look at the principles of exile in redemption regarding the process in which it evolves. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, we are told where Moses is to tell the elders of Israel that Yahweh is going to redeem his people. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, those are the words of redemption, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt under the land of the Canaanite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to your voice, and you will come, you and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you will say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. We are going to parallel what happens here with the parallel that Yeshua spoke about of the sower that sows the word. In Mark chapter 4 verse 3 it says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, the sower sows the word. This is going to tell us the process of redemption, which we can apply to our personal lives when Yahweh speaks a word to us, which we are to obey and believe and follow it, this will tell you the process of how ultimately that word will become manifested in your life and the events that will take place in the process. So when it says the sower sows the word, what is the word? The word is the Torah. The God of Israel had Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, so he sowed the word. Next, what happens is that the people believe Moses. Exodus chapter 4 verses 29 through 31. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. Notice, signs were done in the sight of the people. And as a result of the signs being done, all the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. The personal application application of this is when the God of Israel speaks to you a word and tells you what he's going to be doing in your life, what he will do first is he will encourage you. He will give you a confirmation. He will encourage you through what we might regard as a sign. A sign is just a confirmation, ever how he chooses to do it. He will confirm his word to you, and thus you will believe what he had just said, what he's got to do in your life. Moses goes to Pharaoh and asks him that the children of Israel could celebrate Passover. Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Exodus chapter 5 verse 2, Pharaoh says, I will not let Israel go. So Moses and Aaron said, But the God of the Hebrews has met with us. We ask you, let us go three days journey and sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Pharaoh rejects 
the word of Yahweh. Exodus chapter 3 verse 19. I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. And Pharaoh said in Exodus chapter 5 verse 2, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Pharaoh go. So after the God of Israel speaks a word into your life of what he's going to do, which can be likened to a word of redemption, a word of promise, you get encouragement, and then you know what's going to follow the encouragement? Something negative will come that will create doubt and darkness upon that which he has spoken in your life, what he's going to do. What follows here is after the sign and the wonder, the encouragement that the people believed, then Pharaoh says, no, I'm not going to let you go. A conflict. So, Mark chapter 4, verse 15. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their heart. This is where you see the negative aspect of it. What you will see after the negative comes is you'll see an increase of the negative. Well, that's going to conclude part 5 of the series on the subject, Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Exodus. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.